Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning, good morning. Hey, do me a favor. Can we welcome everyone watching online this morning? Come on, give them a huge round of applause. You're on YouTube, Facebook. We miss you, but we're glad you're with us online. And man, I'm excited. I told you they were going to start tearing down walls and stuff. I'm just saying. And uh, I know some of you are like, oh, it's cold in here. It's because we don't got a heater because we're starting the building project in the lobby, in the offices. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to get ready to see what God's going to do after expansion. It's going to be really, really good. And um, man, I just, it's, it's such a good morning this morning, even first service, a powerful stuff. So I'm excited to see what God does this service at 1030. Um, real quick, before I jump in, and i um, really excited to share, I feel like God speaking with some things this morning. Uh, just want to give you guys a shout out. Not only are you guys so generous week in, week out, your tithes, your offering, without you, we're not able to do the construction project. We're not able to run the church. We're not able to have as many staff members as we have and lead uh, this house well and love our city well. Uh, we also, I just got news, we adopted over 140 kids this Christmas. Come on now. Isn't that cool? That's a lot of presents, man. 140 kids able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, love on them. I, I know me and Nessa, we adopted a couple kids. And, and, I, and, and for those of you in the room that are like, oh, yeah, I adopted a kid, you target. <laughs> right after. I'm just saying, you better hurry up. Don't leave now. You're stuck. Like, don't connect team. Don't let them go. Like, they have to stay. No, but um, I, I was telling Vanessa, we adopted a couple kids. And we were, able to, we were able to help them out. It was really fun. But I told her, we have to do this now because we can't be that person. Because Pastor Jimmy, is, who's our outreach pastor, he's going to get mad at me if I'm the person who's, like, bringing gifts at, like, 3 o'clock. You know, so. Uh, but, but it's just so exciting. Hundreds of presents, family. Not, not just 100. We adopted 140 plus kids. You can times that by three, four, five presents a kid. Hundreds and hundreds of presents. This house adopted kids. And it's just an incredible thing to be a part of. And I don't know about you, but I'm just excited for what God is doing in this place. Construction project and, and all that's going on. And the generosity of this house blows my mind. And so grateful for you. Um, I stand as a proud pastor on this stage uh, for the people that are part of this place. And hey, if you're a first time visitor, Thanks for coming. We'd love to have you. Jump on in, man. Jump on in and be a part of what God's doing in our city and what we're doing in this house. All right. Let's go ahead and stand. And we're going to jump right into the message. I have no idea what's, what I'm going to say. I'm just kidding. I do. Um, we're going to go to the book of Haggai chapter 2. Uh, we've been on our series called Sandcastles. And it's been really good. It's been really good how God builds something in us. Last week we talked about how God builds us as a house together corporately, the, the, uh, us as people. And we talked about church. And so this week I, I really feel like the message is again for us. I feel like this conversation today has a prophetic connotation to it, has a prophetic edge to it. I really feel like it's God speaking not to just us but to our house. So it's really going to be about our church. It's really going to be about this place in the conversation and the message today. Uh, however, if you feel like there's anything that you can take and make it personal and about you, go for it, boo-boo, go for it. You can take it, okay? Like, it's all good. And um, I'm, gonna, I'm really excited because I'm going to preach out of Haggai chapter 2. And if you were here in the beginning of the year, uh, we started our theme, 
Anybody know what it is? Like four, four people, nobody, okay, it's fine. We started our theme, it was called It's Not Over, Just Getting Started. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that one. Anybody still got the wristband? Let's see, anybody got it on? Anybody got it on? Okay, no one gets extra credit, okay. That's okay, it was free anyways. I preached my first message as a lead pastor on this passage, and I titled it It's Not Over. And so I felt like the Lord told me to go back to this passage and not just speak to us individually, but to the house and a message entitled Just Getting Started. So the second half of the theme. And so I'm excited to, I believe God's going to speak to us this morning as a house together, as a body together. So let's read it and we're going to jump in. Haggai chapter 2 says this. It says, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel. Declares the Lord, be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land. Declares the Lord, work, for I am with you. Declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And that the latter glory of this house, come on, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you what you're doing in this place pray that you would just speak to our hearts and our minds i'm excited for what you're going to say and i'm excited for what you're doing in this house so just continue what you've already been doing and we just open our ears to hear what you have to say and in jesus name everybody said amen, amen. have a seat have a seat i i love this book haggai um if you've been in this thing for a little while following Jesus and trying to go after God, you'll find yourself having a history with like certain parts of the Bible, right? Like there's certain parts of scripture, there's certain parts of the Bible that, man, you could just go back to because maybe you're in a season where it was really difficult and you just, you just hung on to that book or that passage or that message. Anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Okay, cool. So I'm not, I'm not the only crazy one. Good. Um, I remember when I was at high school, and it was, my, it was in between my junior to senior year. And I think last week uh, we talked about my uh, intense season of my life. I think if you were here last week, if, you're not, if you didn't or you didn't hear the message, you can go on the podcast or on YouTube. And um, this was that intense season of my life. And I just felt like God uh, for like a whole year tell me to read the book of Haggai. Now, now listen, that's not a clout statement. It's only two chapters, okay? Like it's not, it's not that hard. But I fell in love with this book. I fell in love with the book of Haggai. I felt like God was calling me to, to some things. And, and really, I was trying to reach my high school for Jesus. And there was a lot of cool stuff that we were able to see God move in my campus when I was a, when I was a high schooler. Read this book. And, and, and what I find interesting um, just about this whole thing with Jesus is there are some times where God will deposit something in you, not for now, but for later. I thought I was reading the book of Haggai when I was a teenager for then and not realizing that God was calling me to be a builder, to be a builder. 
And not just a build, not, not like a construction worker. Like for those that are construction workers, you guys are heroes. I don't know how you do it. I've already told you last week, like a couple weeks ago, I can't even build like Ikea furniture. Target furniture is bad. It's so bad. But there is something about building, right, that is, that is so beautiful. And I don't know if you know this, but we've talked about it all this series. You're called to build. And I believe that God is calling us to continue to build this house. And not because we want a cool building and not because we want fancy lights and not because we want a bigger room because it looks cooler. No, I believe it's because God wants to rest in this place and God wants to reach people. I believe the reason why God is calling us to build is because God wants us to see people come to know him in a real way. And so my calling isn't to build buildings like in construction, but my calling is to build people. But I didn't know that when I was reading this when I was 17, 18 years old. And I think it's so cool that one season of obedience will lead to breakthrough in the next season. I'm just saying that's a word for someone in the room. Some of you are wanting breakthrough now, but it's actually the call of obedience now will lead to breakthrough later. Different message for another day. Okay. And, uh, and um, God deposited this thing in me. It was, it was pretty cool. God, God instilled this thing in me to, to, to build, to build people. And, and, you know, one of the things that's so crazy is, um, you know, if you walk around the building, I, you, you can't really because things are locked. But if you were, like, try to peek through the, through the you know, the, the whole curtain whatever that thing is called I don't even see I'm not a construction worker see proof um it's not even a curtain it's like a plastic tarp if you peek through there the offices are completely gone it's crazy we're in this and, and we're, there's no turning back now um the project's going to take around 10 to 12 weeks so pray that it goes on the right time how many know that when you do construction projects it takes longer than planned but we really feel like that's a great schedule and we're going to lock in um the project's going to take 12 weeks, like three, three months in total, but it only took them one week to demo everything they needed to demo. And can I tell you that anyone can tear things down, but it takes someone who's skilled to build things up. And that's why I'm nervous with, with, with social media preachers and TikTok preachers and, and individuals who, who don't have accountability or authority and they come in raw and they come in hot because they think they're gifted and special because they can tear things down when all reality, anyone can make a mess. But it takes someone who loves God and loves God's people to build things. That's why the prophet Jeremiah says, I was called as a prophet to tear things down and I was called as a prophet to build things up. I love it that Jesus does not just tear us down because sometimes he will. He will come with a wrecking ball in our heart and tear the things he needs to tear down. But God's also the greatest builder and he will build what he needs to build. I believe that we are called to build in this season like never before. Not to build a bigger building for flashiness, but to be a people that would build on what God wants us to build to reach people to the capacity we are called to reach people. And so I'm just going to make some statements. I believe these are statements for this house that really and truly, I believe, are from the Lord. And they're going to be, it's a little bit kind of locking into what to expect for next year and where we're headed for next year and what God has in store for us as we kind of wrap up the, this year and then get ready for the next year and as we wrap up this series. And so number one, I'm going to just give you five statements that I believe God wants to speak to this house. Sound good? Number one, we are just getting started with building this home. I want you to know that this building project, it's going to be a little uncomfortable like it always is, but, but, but that, that doesn't really matter. Like we're, we're, we're going to be fine. 
once we're done, we haven't arrived. I want you to know that. I want you to know that when you have a mentality of arrival, then comfortability can become complacency. I want you to know the history of this house. We will do whatever we need to do to reach people for Jesus. I love what the Bible says. I'm going to take a lot of these lines, a lot of these statements out of this book of Haggai. And the Bible says that in Haggai, right, the nation of Israel, and if you want to learn more about the history of Haggai, you can go to that January message. I'm not going to do a lot of it today because I've already done it. And I think repeating a sermon is kind of cheese. Let's just be honest. Okay. And so, but just a little bit of history. The nation of Israel is now being called back to build a temple that was up and now it's in ruin. And they're going to rebuild the house of God. And I love that what God says. God says that in verse 4, right? He says it in verse 4, that um, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And then he says work. Everybody say work. Work. Come on, say it like you mean it. Work. 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 I want to tell you that if you're going to be part of this house, we're going to call you to work. All right? We're going to call you to work. We're going to call you to do something that's hard. These, you are not going to hear messages on this stage that are making you going to feel good and fluffy and warm on the inside. We're going to call you to activation, and we're going to believe that we're going to equip you to do that I called you to do. And we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to keep you locked in, but we're going to work. And so I'm just going to, every Gen Z or millennial, you're put on notice right now. <laughs> we will not be a place that just reaps where other people have sown. We will not. We're going to work. Why? Because there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. There's an entire mission field that we are called to reach. There's families that need Jesus. There's homes that need to encounter God. There's lives that need to experience Jesus. And so we're going to work. I want you to know that once the building project's done, this isn't a season of rest. This isn't a season of chill. No, this is a season of intentionality. We will always build this home. We will always continue to do what God has called us to do. We will always focus on the mission of Jesus. We will always continue to build. Why? Because that's what we are called to do. So you will not hear messages from this stage that are calling you to be an attendant. You're not going to hear messages from this stage that are calling you to be a fan. You're called to be a follower. You're called to get in the game. We're going to call you all in. Now, if you choose not to, that's up to you. We still love you, and I'm really happy you're here. But we're not going to change what God has called us to do. And I feel really bad because if it's your first time here, I promise you're off the hook today, okay? Like, you're like, what is this dude talking about? Like, he's just, I'm not mad, I promise. I'm just kind of intense. It's just how I am. But if your first time here, you're off the hook. If you've been here for like longer than a month, we're going to build. We're going to build. Why? Because God calls us to build. God says, be strong, be courageous, and do the work. I want to believe wholeheartedly that God's not going to allow complacency to settle into our house. So we're not going to be complacent because we have too much to do. And we're going to continue to do what God's called us to do. Number two is that we are just getting started with transformational preaching. I believe that our best series are yet to come. I believe that our best preaching moments are yet to come. I believe that God's gonna raise up preachers in this house, not just for this generation, but for the next generation. I believe that we will continue to preach the word of God wholeheartedly. I believe we're gonna preach the word Whatever God wants to talk about, we're going to talk about. Whatever's in the book, we're going to talk about. And we're not going to be ashamed, and we're not going to be embarrassed, and we're not going to be scared. 
I love what the Bible says. He says, uh, and Haggai, Haggai talks about this in verse 5. He says, according to the covenant that I made with you in Egypt. And for those that might not understand Old Testament theology, Old Testament context, the Exodus narrative, which is when, Egypt, when, when the nation of Israel was rescued out of the book of, or sorry, in the book of Exodus, rescued out of Egypt and into the promised land, really is the central piece of the Old Testament. The Hebrews described it as the most important part of their Old Testament literature. It's really like how the gospels are in the New Testament. That's how that Exodus narrative is in the Old Testament. And why that's so important is that Jesus frees the nation of Israel out of slavery, out of captivity, out of bondage. It is a foreshadow of what God's done in your, in your life and my life right? God rescued you. God freed you. God saved you. God delivered you. God set you free. And then he sustains your relationship by this idea of covenant. And it's not do's and don'ts, but rather it's a binding agreement, a relational agreement. So that way you can understand how to continue your love and devotion to God. What is Haggai saying? Haggai saying, build the house. Not according to your plans, not according to your ways, but according to my ways, according to my covenant, according to my word. And so here at this house, we're going to preach. We're going to preach covenant. We're going to preach the Bible. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about what Jesus talked about, even if it makes it uncomfortable, even if we don't like what we're hearing. That's okay. And listen, if that's something that you're kind of nervous about, I love you. I will definitely help you find another fluffy church then. But here, we're going to preach. We're going to teach. I believe our small groups are going to be better than ever before. I believe our series on Sundays are going to be better than ever before. I believe that God's going to move in this place. And, and this is why I put transformational preaching. Because I believe it is through the word that hearts begin to get transformed. What does it matter if you know about the Bible and it didn't change your life? So here, you're not going to come in with... You're not going to come in to gain information. No, no, no. You're going to come to this place and this house is going to, I believe, preach a gospel of transformation that will begin to transform, transform you from the inside out. And here's my conviction that from this pulpit, the preachers that you hear from this stage, they're going to preach the whole word. And we're going to preach what Holy Spirit wants to talk about. Because that, that's, that's what I believe God wants us to do. I, I I really believe that. Our job isn't to speak on what you want us to talk about or what society wants us to talk about. Our job is to preach on what God wants us to talk about. And so some of you are even wondering, like, why are we doing a Christmas series? Why are we talking about Christmas? Don't we want to talk about Jesus in the manger? Don't worry. That's next week. It's coming, okay? It's coming. But I just, I didn't want to do a Christmas series, not because I hate Christmas, although people call me the Grinch. Uh, it's not that at all. I felt like God wanted to talk about this because that's the point, isn't it? The point is that God wants to talk about things. And so we're going to talk about things when God wants to talk about them and how God wants to talk about them. We're going to be led by the Holy Ghost to preach what he wants to preach to the people of this house. That's our conviction is that we would preach a holistic gospel to the people of this house, not just now, but for the next generation and the next generation to come. And so there might be times where we don't talk about, I don't know if you noticed, there might be times where we don't talk about things that are culturally happening, right? There's a lot of sensitive stuff out there in this day and age. 
I'm not going to let culture dictate what we preach on this platform. They don't get to decide what God wants to say. Okay? Doesn't mean I'm scared to talk about the stuff. Let's have a talk. We could talk about all the stuff. We could talk all about all the hot topics. And if God wants to talk about the hot topic, we won't talk about the hot topic. But I believe that when we are in reactive mode, we aren't doing anyone any good. But when we are proactively responding and we are moving forward, when we are preaching, and, and, and we're just going to let the Bible do what it does itself. We don't need to convince anybody. Right? We don't need to convince anybody of anything because the Bible, the Bible, the word is transformative in itself. And so I'm excited because I believe the series we're going to do, the messages we're going to do, the teachings we're going to do, we are going to be about this. I am standing on the shoulders of pastors like Marty Ray and Joe Dunham and Eric Baca, who week in and week out came on this stage and preached and teached the word of God. And it was when they preached and taught the word of God that lives began to get transformed, that families began to be healed, that individuals began to get saved, that the word began to become alive. And I believe that God would call us to a living word and not a dead word. A living word. Cool? All right, I got five. Let's see if we get through all of them. Number three. I believe we're just getting started with encountering the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that I believe this wholeheartedly, man. I believe this wholeheartedly that what we have seen this year has been good. We haven't even scratched the surface of what the Holy Ghost wants to do in our lives and in this place. I believe next year and in the future, God wants to take us even deeper. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do even more. I believe the Holy Spirit's always wanting to do more. Can I tell you that although what we've experienced has been awesome, like I don't know if you know this, but we do altar calls pretty often, and they're like normal. I think that's so cool. Any given week, you come on a Sunday, you don't know which one. Might be today, might not, who knows. God moving in the room, and people up in this altar, weeping and encountering Jesus. Our conferences we, we just did like a women's breakfast. Side note. I don't even talk about this at 9 o'clock. See, you guys get some things they don't, okay? We just did a women's breakfast with our women's team. Shout out to the women's team. Y'all killed it. And they like did a little devotional and a little bit of worship. It was mostly like to have fun. It wasn't even like a like, we're going to, oh, God wreck us. You know what I'm saying? It's not even like that. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even like that. And like people were like encountering God at the women's breakfast after eating pancakes and stuff. Like grown women weeping and, and, and God moving. And it's like, dude, dude, what, the, what the heck? Because it's just God, God wants to move. I don't think it's us. I think it's him. It has nothing to do with us being greater. It has to do with us getting out of the way. And I want to be a place where the Holy Spirit feels like he can move freely. Don't be wrong. Decency and in order for sure. Because we don't need any parking lot prophets or wild people. Nobody likes the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. These are for the people who like grew up in it, like grew up in Holy Ghost churches. No one likes that weird, weird person. <laughs> Not weird in a good way, but like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't stare at nobody. <laughs> but I just believe God wants to move. I want you to know that here at this house, we will unapologetically believe that God heals the sick and raises the dead and casts out demons. Here at this house, we believe that God moves prophetically. 
Here in this house, I believe that God heals marriages. Here at this house, I believe the Holy Spirit moves, that people can talk in tongues and prophesy. I believe that here in this house, that a spirit of revival would be released, that hearts would come alive, and that it all has to do with the Holy Ghost. It all has to do with him coming in the room. It all has to do with us getting out of the way. And I believe that God wants to do even greater than what we've ever seen and what we've ever asked and what we can imagine. Unapologetically, we will be that church. Unapologetically, we will believe that, because here's the reality, without him, it's pointless. I say this all the time, and I feel like it's finally starting to land with this house. Like, sometimes you gotta hear it again and again and again. Without the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter. I'm not that good. I'm not. Like, real talk. I've been talk I was talking about altar calls and people coming to the front. I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a preacher. I'm not. To see what God's doing, just first service. I wish you were in the room first service. And seeing the young man that was weeping his eyes out for 20 minutes because God was rocking his life. I can't say something good enough for that. That's the Holy Ghost. It's only him that can transform lives. It's only him that can heal. It's only him that can set free. And I just think the third person of the Trinity, instead of just being talked about, he wants to be invited in the room. He wants to live in us. He wants to rest in us. He wants to reside in us. I believe we're just getting started with encountering the Holy Ghost. I, sh I shared this in first service. I'm going to share it. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is so funny is uh, when I ask people how things are going or how you like church. or Because I, I just want to know how we're doing and I want to get better. How, how are we doing? What do you love about church? And even people who are watching online, I'll reach out to them because I know they haven't been around. And I'll just ask, how's online going? And the one thing they all, the, 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 usually the number one thing they talk about, and it's not even me, which I'm fine. I'm not bitter at all. Okay. But... They actually always mention Pastor Juan. And I don't know if you know who Pastor Juan is. Pastor Juan's the guy who leads on guitar on Sundays. And so I think he's in the room. Let's give it up for Pastor Juan. So most of them they don't know, because it's not like it's not like Pastor Juan starts service like, hello, my name is Juan. I'm gonna lead you in this song, and you're gonna cry. No. Right? I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Juan. He's like one of the best musicians you'll ever meet in your life. It's dumb how good he is. Why I say it's dumb is because it's like it's not fair. You started at what, 17? Stop. 18. 18. And so I'll, I'll talk to people and be like, what do you love about Thrive? And they'll be like, yeah, you know, this is cool. But man, when, when, when that guy with the leopard shirt always leads worship... <laughs> The, the comb over and the, you know, you just feel it. And I can't, I can't do it. I can't do the wand. It's like really, it's, it's hard. Like if you can do it, I'll, I'll buy you a Starbucks. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, the, the, there's, two, there's two faces. When Juan's leading worship on guitar, there's that face. And then I don't know if you're ever able to see when Juan's leading drums, that's the real face. Like that's, that's how you know God's moving in the room. Glory. Yeah, my own grandma. I'll be like, Grandma, how was church? Because she watches my church online. She lives in SoCal. And she's like, oh, Chris, it was so good. I, I, love, I love Juan. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. She's like, you did, you did good too, Chris. You did good too, Christopher. But, but gosh, Juan, God was just in my living room. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Again, not bitter at all. Not, not hating it. No, no, I love it. I, you, you know what? I love it. I love it because I talked about Juan's just incredibly gifted. But the Holy Spirit 
isn't moving in his life because he's gifted. The Holy Spirit's moving in his life because he's leading from a place of deep encounter with the Holy Spirit and Jesus. I know Juan's life. I know what he's been through. I know how much he loves God, like the rest of our team. That's when the wave's able to come. It's from a heart that's open and fully his. It's not good guitar playing. Oh, it gave me goosebumps. No, no, it's more than the goosebumps. It's because God's resting on the chords he's playing and the songs he's singing. Because he encountered the one who he's singing about. Come on. See, I'm going to believe that the preachers that preach on this stage are talking about someone they know, not something they, someone they think they know. And I want to be a place, I want to be a house that knows the Holy Ghost, that has relationship with the Holy Spirit, that welcomes the Holy Spirit, that lives with the Holy Spirit, that does life with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's when he decides to show up. The word that I have on my heart in the beginning of the year, um, I've, I've talked about it pretty often that I, I come into the prayer room or when we pray, and I'm always in that corner and I'm walking in a circle. I talk about it all the time. And one day I, I was just praying, and I love it. I love that God sometimes when you pray, he doesn't, he, he doesn't answer all the time. But then there's that one moment where, bam, he just drops something on you and, like, everything changes. Remember in the beginning of the year before I took on the role of lead pastor officially, I was just walking in a circle, and I felt God tell me in that little corner over there, he told me, Chris, pray for a wave. Pray for a wave. And this is what he told me. He said, I want you to pray for a wave to come to this house. A wave of my presence and a wave of my people. And can I tell you that when I'm feeling discouraged and I'm feeling broken, because how many know I'm human too, right? Pastors are human too. When I'm feeling like I want to give up and I'm feeling like I'm done and I'm feeling like, I, is this, is, is, are we even doing what we're doing worth it? Are we even making a difference? I have those thoughts too. When I'm scared and fearful, I remind myself of that promise because sometimes you just got to hold on to what God promises you. And I remind myself that God said he's going to send a wave. He's going to send a wave of his presence, and he's going to send a wave of his people. And I want you to know that that's why we're getting ready. We're not getting ready to be the cool church. We're not getting ready to be the vibey church. We're not getting ready to be the trendy church. No. We're going to get ready. We're going to do what we need to do physically. We're going to need to do what we need to do internally. We're going to need to do what we need to do systematically. Why? Because family, there's a wave coming. Family, there's a wave coming. The Holy Ghost wants to come with a wave. The Holy Spirit wants to come and rush in this room. And I just believe God is calling us to learn how to body surf. Come on. And this is the image I get that some of us are in the room and when we go to the beach, it's like we're just tapping on the little waves when you touch your foot in the water. And, I'm, and I, just, I just think God's asking us, why don't you go into the ocean and get ready for the wave? Might as well bring up. And, and he's going to teach us how to body surf. He's going to teach us how to catch the wave. He's going to teach us how to ride the wave. He's going to teach us to be immersed in his presence, like how the ocean, how the water covers the ocean. He's going to teach us to be immersed in his presence. And that's what I would believe, that we are just getting started with the Holy Spirit, immersing us with, with completely consuming us, that would this be a house where God can crash in like a wave? A wave of his presence. And can I tell you, when God comes in the room, everything changes. Whew. Everything changes. Wave of his presence, a wave of his people. Number four, we're just getting started with reaching prodigals in our city. 
Bible says in Haggai. He talks about the spirit of the Lord being in there. That's why I believe God's going to do it in this house because he wanted to do it in that house. And then he says, after I'll shake the heavens of the earth, after the power of the Holy Spirit's released, I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. Right? The treasures of all nations. Everybody say nations. And I will fill this house with glory. So in the Old Testament, what the, the Bible was specifically talking about was riches of nations to build the temple. But can I tell you, in the New Testament, God has a different definition of riches that he wants. Can I tell you that Jesus' inheritance, the inheritance he gets from his Father, right? Trinity. We have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. A good father leaves his children an inheritance. That's what the Bible says, right? Jesus' inheritance is not of silver and gold and riches and glory. Jesus' inheritance is the people on the earth that he died for. I want you to know that I believe wholeheartedly that God is calling this house to continue to not just reach lost people, but I believe the mandate we have on this house is to reach prodigals. It's to reach people who knew God and are far away from God. And I believe that God would call us to be a place where prodigals can come back home. I believe in the next few years, we're going to see more prodigals come to Jesus than we've ever seen in the history of Thrive. Because it is in Jesus' heart to bring people back home to the Father. It is what he died for. That's his inheritance. That's the riches. And this is what I love. I love the word nations. You know what that means? Everybody. Doesn't matter what you are. I believe that you can have an encounter with Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're brown. Doesn't matter. You know what I love about this house? Is we are just like a mix of people. We even try. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen worship on a Sunday. I'll just use that as an example. We got white people, brown people, black people, pink hair, blue hair, earrings, pier- gauges, no gauges, tattoos, no tattoos. It's awesome. It's awesome. And listen, like, and I showed this first service. You know, we, we have really gone through a season as a church, not, not to thrive, but like uh, holistically as the Western church, uh, when, when the whole George Floyd thing happened, right? And, and, and I'm not trying to get into politics. I, I, I don't really care about your opinion. Just listen to what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, what is he going to talk about? Just, just listen to what I'm saying. No matter what, it triggered a conversation of race in America. And I think the church had to really question themselves if they taught themselves an inclusive church, but they had nothing but like white people or black people, let's be honest. And what I love is that we didn't really have to have that conversation because if you look around you, we're a whole big old melting pot. We are. Like, I want you to know that we didn't have like a meeting in the back like, man, how do we become less Mexican? You know? Like, we didn't have to. Because when the gospel reaches people, people are going to get saved. Don't matter. Don't matter if you're white, brown, black, Asian, don't matter. I love it. I love that we, we have Pakistanis here. We have Indians here. We have Filipinos. I, the Filip, y'all Filipinos, you coming in droves. I love it. I love it. It's been awesome. My wife, she loves lumpia. And they like, then people tell her, like they start making her, it's so cool. Like, like we have ever, like imagine if we had Thanksgiving at our church. It'd be like the best food ever. Everyone would bring their stuff. I love it, right? I, you, know, you know what brings joy to my heart? We have a huge part of our church is from Africa. I don't even know why. 
Like we've never done anything to attract the people of Africa to our church except just preach Jesus and love God and love people well, and they're coming. I think it's so cool. I'm like, here's this like 25-year-old brown kid right out, and it's awesome because, because that's what heaven's gonna look like. I want you to know if you're in this room and you struggle with racism, you need to repent. Because I guarantee you that when you get to heaven and if you struggle with racism and you deal with the sin of racism, let's say you hate black people, God's gonna put a black person next to you to worship him forever. Real talk. Real talk. Watch him do it. You're like, all right, I made it. And then bam. Dude, if you hate white people, same thing. He gonna put the Quaker guy in front of you. The nations of the earth are his inheritance. You know what I love about America? It's that you can reach nations here. We don't, and I, this is the missional heart in me. Like, we're gonna keep reaching cities. I believe we're gonna plant international campuses. I believe we're gonna do missions trips and go to the nations of the earth. I believe all that. But I also believe that we have the nations in our backyard. We have people of every nationality, every color, every tribe, every socioeconomic background. And I wanna tell you that we're gonna be a place where it doesn't matter if you're left or you're right. It doesn't matter if you vote blue or vote red. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter who your dad was. It doesn't matter who your mom was. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. If you're far away from Jesus, this can be a home where you can come home to him. And so I want to I challenge you with something. If you're in this room and you have a prodigal, I want you to begin to pray like you never prayed before. And we're going to pray like we never prayed before. We've already been doing it, but we're going to keep praying. And I, I don't want you to pray like, God, I hope they come home. Nah, that's garbage. I want you to pray. I want you to declare that they would come home. I want you to say, I want you to plead the blood of Jesus on their life. I want you to pray that, God, they would come to know you. It doesn't even have to be here. I don't care what church they go to. But you would pray them back home into the kingdom. And I want you to pray like this. I want you to imagine them on an altar, not like, you, you ever know when, like, I'm not talking about like when you first come into church and you're like half worshiping. Come on, you, you, know, you know some of you like have to warm up. Like the coffee having kicked in, you're all like, Jesus. You know, just, just one hand and then by the second song, the second hand and then by the third song because... It was your favorite song. They both went up. You know, nothing like that. I'm talking deep encounter, snot boogers in the ground, rocked by God, real repentance, real transformation, real freedom, real breakthrough. I want you to pray with that prodigal encountering Jesus like that. Because I believe that's what God's going to do in this place. We're going we're to reach lost people. We're going to believe prodigals are going to come home. We're gonna do a whole series about it next year. We're gonna talk about more about the Holy Spirit than we ever have. We're gonna talk about prodigals more than we've ever have because I believe that's what God wants to do in this place. Last one is I believe we're just getting started. With, go ahead and put the next one up. We're just getting started with creating moments of healing for others. The Bible says, verse nine, that the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. Come on, some of you, that's a word for you. Your best days are ahead. God's not done. 
Just because he did what he did 10 years ago or five years ago or five months ago or five days ago doesn't mean that he wants to stop. The latter is greater than the former. Ah. Shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. The shalom of God. We talked about that in our It's Not an Accident series. You can look it up on YouTube. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the word peace, that word peace, is the word shalom. It's almost in the same connotation of like something being broken and pieces being put back together. I want you to know that I believe this house is a house of healing. I was just talking with a pastor friend of mine this week and he visited and and I was just telling him, hey, you know, I don't, I don't think Thrive is the greatest place ever. Don't be wrong, I really love my church, but like, right, I'm not trying to like, I'm not a car salesman, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to sell the fluff. But what I did tell him is if you need to get healed here, it's a good place to get healed. See, I, 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 I put that up. We're just getting started to create moments of healing because we don't do the healing, God does. All we can do is foster a moment of healing. And I believe that God would use this place so others can get healed. I believe God would use this place for the individual who's struggling with mental sickness, that God would heal them. Emotional sickness, God would heal them. Relational sickness, God would heal them. Physical sickness, we believe that God still heals the sick, that God would heal them. I believe we're gonna have the best conferences, the best Sundays, the best moments. We're gonna create moments. We're gonna foster small groups, moments. Why? For God to heal people. Why? Because the DNA of this house is God wants to heal. God wants to heal. God wants to make us whole. And so what we have to do is create an environment where we're saying, God, come. I had a, I had a little encounter when I was younger, when I was the same time as I was reading this passage every day and intense Crisco season. <laughs> I had this like, vision in my mind okay just follow with me I know it's gonna sound weird but just follow with me I had this vision in my mind it wasn't like physical I didn't see nothing it was just in my mind but sometimes God uses our imagination to give us imagery and to explain his word okay and um, I had a vision of a tree and, and it was the tree in the book of Revelation there's a tree in the book of Revelation and it, it's in heaven it's the tree of life and the Bible says that its leaves are for the healing of the nations I remember I in the, that vision in that moment I I, I I just see myself grabbing one leaf. I didn't take a lot, because right, I was in heaven, so I was like, I'm not gonna be like greedy. <laughs> I knew that enough when I was 18. I'm not gonna be that greedy. I grab a leaf, and I felt like the Lord telling me, Chris, you're gonna carry a grace for healing on your life. And wherever you are and whatever you lead is gonna be a place of healing. It's a mandate I have on my life. And then I came to Thrive, and I found out Pastor Eric had the same mandate. And I thought it was physical healing, like signs and wonders. No, it's deeper than that. Holistic healing, mind, soul, body, spirit, financial, relational, physical. The entirety of you, God wants to heal it. God wants to heal it. And I believe we would be a place where we would experience healing like never before. Why? Because the world so desperately needs a place where they can get healed. I love what Leonard Ravenhill says. He says, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And family, I refuse to become a museum of saints. So I want you to know you're never gonna get a reserved seat. You're never gonna get a parking spot. I want you to know that now. 
okay? We're probably never gonna talk about you on stage, not because we don't love you, but because we're gonna reach people who don't know Jesus, okay? I want you to know that we will not be a place and be a people where it's all about consuming out about us, but we will be a house that functions like a hospital. Have you ever been to a hospital? It's crazy, especially during Christmas time. That's some wild stuff. Why? And, and like, it doesn't matter what our personal convenience is like. What matters is this person's broken and this person's hurt and we gotta get to them. We gotta resuscitate them. We gotta make sure they have the right medicine. We gotta make sure they go through the right therapy. We gotta make sure they're walking through the things they need to walk through, why? Because that's how we're gonna function and operate. We're gonna be a hospital for sinners. We're gonna be a place for the broken. We're gonna be a home for prodigals. We're gonna create an atmosphere where people can be healed and lives can be touched and people can be set free. It's what our Sundays are gonna be about. It's what our small groups are gonna be about. It's what growth track's gonna be about. It's what our events are gonna be about. It's what our outreaches are gonna be about. It's why we buy hundreds of gifts for kids across the city, because we wanna show them Jesus loves them and that someone loves them in the city. It's why we do what we do, why? We're gonna create moments of healings. We're just getting started to what I believe God is gonna do and heal people in this place. I feel like these statements, take them for your house, take them for your life, but this I feel is a prophetic word for our house. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going into. And you're going to hear more. Next week's Christmas is going to be awesome. I just heard a text the other day. Man, I'm so excited. Got a text from a friend. He said, Pastor Chris, my, my family members who I've been praying for for four years denounced Jesus, hate God, don't have anything to do with church. They're coming Christmas Eve because my kids are in the choir. Come on, I'll take it. And I text, and, I, and I, he, he texts me on the way to the gym, and I, I just, my, my heart just lit up. Man, I live for this stuff. So I sent him a voice message in my intense preacher voice because, like, I got excited. And I was like, bro, God's going to get him. And you know what? If he doesn't, that's fine. But he's going to get him. And I want this place to be a place where God can get him. I want our people to be a people where God can, I want God, I want, I want God to be able to use you at Denny's and Target and Walmart and the Christmas party and wherever you're at in your homes, wherever, that the people of this house would be a place of healing. That this would be a place of healing. Prodigals coming home. Lives being transformed. We're going to keep building this house. We're going to do that all God called us to do. Do me a favor, stand your feet. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.